Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Petralis. And yeah, it looks like Hollywood Squares on the screen today as you guys are viewing. We have a lot of football players here. Coach, uh, you know, person who I respect a real lot, uh, just wins wherever he goes. And obviously I got to cover these guys last year. So I got to see these guys live in action. Uh, an impressive team last year. A very impressive, tough schedule this year that this team's playing. We are most certainly going to be talking about that a little bit throughout the podcast. Uh, but then the Shoba Tech football team is here. I got all the guys here connor anthony sean andrew and coach kelly welcome to beyond podcast guys we're glad to have you thank you thank you yeah so yeah, so coach nice, coach i'll start off with you you've been a guest on this podcast uh a couple times really yeah. we're a big fan <laughs> of you we we follow you wherever we go we're like your groupies you know um <laughs> But, you know, it was really impressive last year. I know that you got this job late, uh, late in the season. And for a football coach, getting a job in the summer, whether that's like end of June, July, or August, mm -hmm. it is a little difficult, you know, because obviously you have to do things a little bit quicker, meet your team quicker, get your off-season conditioning program really going. I mean, really like as ASAP, right? And on top of it, I know your numbers were huge. So finding helmets and finding equipment and finding things like it's just not an ideal situation, but you came out the gate swinging. We covered, I think your opening night at home night, yep. um, and you guys are impressive. You're undefeated for quite a bit. You know, you ended, I think with the two loss season, three loss season last year, nine and four overall, just four overall. We okay, sorry, a little off, but again, playing in a grueling, you know, playoff schedule, obviously a tech schedule uh, as well after that. And just a lot of success. I think you, brought like some cool culture there so just talk about real quick to see and we don't have to jump into every little detail yep. about last season but obviously last season coming in being successful what maybe led to this next season that's coming up because of that absolutely yeah so i mean yeah we hit the ground running i mean opening night we had a good 28 to 6 win uh we ended up starting off uh five and oh so we ended up coming up right off the rip five and oh really uh you know kind of was able to fit right and comfortable to our schedule I mean, honestly, it was just a testament to how great these kids were. I mean, they just came in, embraced us as coaches, worked their butts off during the summer, and it transitioned right into the season. So we were able to come right out swinging, right out the gates. Uh, ran into a really good Lowell Catholic team in the beginning, um, kind of in that stretch there. Gave us a good humble loss of what, you know, what it was like to be one of those top teams. Ended up finishing, knocking off Old Colony, who was seven and zero at that time. A real good team, yeah. yeah, yeah. They were really, they were seven and zero at that time. We ended up beating them eighteen sixteen. Um, jumped out to a quick eighteen nothing lead, like really kind of established who we were. Um, ran into a real tough Cathedral team first round of the playoffs. Someone that I thought was really underrated, a really tough matchup. Um, and this is something that I know we're going to get into, but our strength of schedule, being seven and one, still put us at the nine seed, which didn't give us a home playoff game which really aggravated us because I thought we deserved it. Um, went into the vocational tech playoffs after that, which is amazing because, like, you still have real games after. Right, beautiful um, games. Played a tough Tri-County team again. Played Pathfinder. Ended up running South Shore Tech in the Super Bowl, who adjusted into a double wing late in the season and really just kind of – they just kind of kicked our butts in the championship, but we played well. It was really an 8-2 to two game going into the last two minutes. They – score with two minutes to go in the end of the game. I mean, we had our chances. Yeah. We had them I mean, I get it, those games. I get yeah. those games, especially when you look in the paper and it's just like the oh. score maybe is not indicative of like what was going on the entire game. So, I mean, I know we had a real heavy senior group coming back, 18 seniors coming back this year. So we have 18 seniors currently right now. 
Um, so, you know, these guys just really hit the ground running this offseason. And the goal con contemptually with the whole group, I mean, first day, we had like 65 kids in the, in the cafeteria that had our first meeting in January about where do we want to go? And everyone's like, we need to finish. We need to get better. We need to make strides to make moves in the playoffs and be more than what we've been because back-to-back -back years, these guys have had nine win seasons as seniors and then lost in the vote playoff in the championship. But what's the problem? We need to, you know, play tougher competition. We need to figure out a way to get better. So that was what we all agreed on. We knew it was going to be a tough battle and we're sitting in the middle of it right now. But I know just looking at these guys and being with them every day, they don't back down. You know, that's what we want. Yeah, I mean, when I covered you guys, I mean, even your opening game, it was, you know, you guys kind of jumped out and then it was a tight game. And at the end, you guys just kind of powered them with running the football and just kind of really wearing them out. Uh, so you could see that with your team early on. I mean, for you guys, I I'll start with Connor just because he's at the top of the screen with me here. But, you know, talk about, I guess, for you guys having a new coach come in late, like on the playing devil's advocate here, that's also a huge change in your program, what you're used to. You don't know who's coming in. And then you have a guy like Coach Kelly come in. I mean, what was kind of like the vibe early on when you had a new coaching staff on there and you maybe just noticed that these guys were maybe a little bit different than what you were used to? Yeah, so um, we met him like right at the start of the summer. It was um, pretty close to the season. Uh, so it was very different because the offenses were a lot different. It was hard to change from one to the other, but, um, they coached us very well. And, uh, it was very different from how we were coached before because like before we, we never even went in the weight room like once before with our old coaches, but coach Kelly and all the other staff, very, uh, they, wanted us to get in the weight room. They wanted us to train and help to be better in the off season so that in the season we will be better for the games that we need to win. Yeah. I mean, and that's obviously real important. I mean, I think those championship level teams, the difference is, is like late in season teams are stronger. Teams are more well-conditioned. A lot of that has to do with that weight room as early as, as soon as the season ends, you know, and it sounds really like one of those like typical things that people say, but it is the truth. You know, those teams that, are battling, you know, late in the season or competing late in the season. The one common factor is is that their off-season conditioning program is, you know, stellar or maybe better than most teams in their league, and that's why they're in the position that they're in. Um, Andy, I'm going to jump to you, and we're going to have a little bit of fun here with you, and we alluded to this a little bit off-air, but, I mean, I saw you last year here was definitely hanging out of your helmet decently. I mean, <laughs> hanging out more this year – and if so, like, how are you wearing it? Like, I'm always intrigued by kids with long hair because when I see them take their helmets on, the designs and contraptions that some kids, how they tie their hair or put their hair together always intrigues me. So for you, I know you're a heck of a football player. I think you were a player of the game when we were there last time. Yeah, um, but talk a little bit about how you wear your hair and your helmet. I'm just curious, more fun with this than anything else. Um, usually I just throw my hair back and throw my helmet on if I don't have my headband because hair just goes <laughs> My hair goes everywhere. I can't I can't control it. But with my headband, I'll usually control it a little bit to the back. But okay. other than that, it goes it, it just goes everywhere. We we you play any other sports? Lacrosse. So what do you same thing? You just like flip it back in the helmet and just do the same thing? Yeah, same thing. What's worse? I'll look with your hair, lacrosse helmet or a football helmet? 
probably lacrosse helmet because they have more holes in the top and everything just sticks out of the top. And then <laughs> all my friend, all my friends during practice just start pulling on it. Oh god, yeah, just a little poke like taking the glove off. Oh, I could see like <laughs> high school kids just doing that nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, but you know, and, and for you, I know last year you kind of played the slot a little bit. You seem to line up in the backfield, if I'm remembering correctly. If this stuff's coming back to me here, uh, but you had like a heck of a game for you. Talk about like coming back a year under Coach Kelly, maybe under the offensive system a little bit. What has maybe been the easiest transition for you this training camp that you just had versus the very first one that you had with Coach Kelly last year? The easiest thing was most definitely the plays because last year we would, me and Danny would go back and forth about the names of plays because I would, I hate change. So I would want to name all the plays that we had from our old coach the same thing as now but danny would be like no we're naming it this we're naming it this but now since i had the whole year of all the names i'm kind of getting used to it and it's a lot easier now okay i like that dude so um again yeah i noticed you're kind of a little bit of a shifty guy move around a little bit play a little couple different positions i get that a utility guy uh so yeah it was fun watching you play last year for sure and i'm gonna just jump down i'll just kind of go through everybody here sean uh sean looks like a dude i would not want to mess with like i would i'm interested in to see what this dude's like on game day um because i just want to stay clear of him truthfully um but in all seriousness you know talk about for you i'm guessing you're an old lineman d lineman am i correct to assume that Okay. Um, yeah, talk about for you, I know O-line, it's like obviously dependent on your system. Like if you are spread, yep, there's obviously down blocking and run blocking, but a lot of it yeah. is more just kind of those steps back or having a good step, aggressive step back. I mean, for mm -hmm. you where it's two different offensive systems, talk about as an O-lineman, how hard or the adjustment might have been for you doing two completely different like styles of offensive systems. So for me, it wasn't that much of a transition because we did a little bit of run uh in pass with our previous coaches yeah but just the amount of run uh running that we're doing that we're doing with like just our plays and our wing tees just a lot more physical so that was definitely a change that had to happen just had to get a lot stronger and tougher and just man up but um going from running to blocking is kind of easy it's just a simple transition that you gotta get down depending yep. on you because you're the offensive line game so yeah you. and with your style are you a tackle or a guard guard so you're pulling probably a decent amount i'm sure yes uh, yeah. i'm pulling quite a lot <laughs> yeah so uh are you like do you stay on one side or do you kind of flip-flop a little bit um we stay on one side we got a good couple of guys on the other side to help pull Good. Because there's nothing like when you prep for a team and you see mm -hmm. like the guard just go to both sides. You're just like, oh my God, like are they yeah. really need to play here. You know, like so yeah, I totally understand that. Um and then obviously I, I'll jump to Andrew here and then we'll kind of transition back to all you guys and anyone can jump in on this. But your entrance into a high school football game i've covered like i was doing the math before this and we've covered like 31 football games over the last three years none cooler i mean i would argue maybe stoneham rivals you guys as far as entrance go because i'll just say that theirs might have been a little bit better only because the the, the magnitude of a game middlesex league championship mm -hmm. how they came out with alumni but you guys coming out 
entrance with the bagpipes. And I feel like that line is just getting bigger. Like the town of Westford is now marching in this line when you guys come onto the field. But talk about that for you, Andrew, because that must be real cool. I mean, it is intimidating. You just hear the bagpipes and that walk seems like it's forever. But for you guys, like, what are you feeling as those bagpipes are playing and you're walking down to the field? So I think we don't have you here, buddy. Hold on. I think we might hear you. Go ahead. No. Well, we can't hear you right now. So you fix your volume. Oh. Don't worry. No, we got you. He's in. He's in. Let's go, dude. You got you. Let's go. Hello. Yeah. I had a, I, my dad just called me in the middle of the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> One sec. I can't really hear anyone. Yeah. Don't worry. Wait a second here. Wait a second. This is actually. Yeah, I, I, I can't hear anyone. Oh, no. Can you hear us? Hello. Yep, we can hear you. All right, Hello? we'll come back. We'll we'll come back to you. We'll come back to you. Do any of you guys want to jump into that? I mean, talk about your entrance, how cool it is um for a high school team. Just jump in, feel free to say what you want to say. Um, so yeah. Um the these two years with the entrance just has been just really extraordinary and exciting. It just there's nothing better than going down that walk. You get all these chills and nerves going through you. And then you just you start hearing the crowd and it's just it's mind blowing. The amount of noise and excitement and just it's just nothing better. Any of you guys want to chime in on that? It's just like when you're walking out, it's the build up before the game. Like you you have all this build up where you're coming onto the field. And it's just like, it's amazing. There's no better feeling because you come out to the field and you're ready. You're ready to play this game. You've just been building up the entire walkout. Yeah. And I think, again, like I said, covering that uh, was something that I, I've never really seen. And I've kind of followed, obviously, I follow you guys on Twitter and I follow you guys on Instagram. And to see that develop over the last couple of years and to see more people involved. I feel like the last time you did it, I felt like there was like firefighters, police officers. Like it was, I was it was wild. I mean, it was wild. Uh, Andrew, do we gotcha? Not, not yet, man. Not yet. Keep plugging, keep plugging. <laughs> um, so I'll jump back into kind of what we all talked about a little bit off air. And we've kind of hinted at here and there a little bit. Um, your guys schedule this year, like, you know, this is an outsider perspective looking in and you, you know, obviously I'll jump the coach on this first and then any players that want to chime in, feel free on this. Uh, but you're one and you're sitting at one and two right now. And that's probably in the off season, not ideally where you looked at yourselves, but let's also be realistic about the schedule that you guys played. Um, and I think it's just worth kind of mentioning on here overtime, win excitement, opening night against blue Hills. Obviously the best way to win a game is on opening nights to win one, but especially in overtime, um, especially at home, uh, I'm sure it was great. And then old colony coach, you mentioned it earlier in the podcast. It's a very good football team at one point, an undefeated team late in the season you know you played them very early on uh and you lose 19 12 and then obviously kip academy you guys played them last week again another great game 34 30 came down to the last minute but that's a super bowl caliber football team that was in the division eight super bowl last year that you guys saw last year and there was a vast improvement of how you played against them last year versus how you played against them this year and obviously you just keep knocking on the devil's door with manchester essex coming up this week i think you got whittier coming
coming up the following week. So you guys are not shy to playing really tough and good competition here. Talk about that for you and that decision-making because your non-league schedule is a lot different this year than it was last year for sure. So, of course, yeah. I mean, like I said, last year I felt like towards the end of the season, we just weren't getting better. We were staying where we were. We were a good football team. And we knew who we could beat, and that was really where we were going to be. We weren't going to excel. We were just good as we were going to be, and that's where we we're going to get. And as the season went on, we were like, geez, we're just not getting like to that next level that I felt like we could have been because we weren't getting tested early in the season. It was, you know, Whittier was our closest game. It was 12 to 8 going up. Uh, every other game was almost a 10 to 20-point win, and it was not getting us better. So when we sat down as coaches in this offseason, and that started with the kids saying, like, hey, we're going to dedicate our time to this offseason. But we have to do it right away. We told, we made that schedule early. I reached right out to Blue Hills first thing, and I said, hey, if we're going to get over this stigma, they lost them two years ago in the Vogue Championship. Let's go get them back. They're an unbelievable football team. They run the wing tee to the, like, perfectly. So they're unbelievable. They are 2-1 and one right now. They're doing their thing. They're great. Old Colony, again, another every year, just perennial powerhouse, Division 8. They're number three in Division 8 right now. And like I said, Kip being 2-1, Division 8 Super Bowl run, and he's got one of the best players in Division 8, Marnell Castro. Yep. And the kid's unbelievable. And we had the lead with just two minutes and 19 seconds to go. And uh, we were able to move the ball at two six-minute drives on them in the second half. So we're able to hold our own, you know. But like I said, going forward now, man, Essex, is number seven in Division Seven at two and one. Whittier in Division Five is two and one. Tech Boston at one and two. Then you got Lynn Tech at two and one. You got Low Catholic just kind of zero and two, zero and zero uh, and three right now. But they're two seven point losses away. I mean, everyone we play, six out of the eight teams have two wins. Uh, so you know we're playing a real tough schedule as we go. I made an alluded point as we were looking through Max Preps just with the coaches. Max Preps ranks your strength of schedule. We are point three behind Maynard as the top hardest schedule in Division Eight, okay. uh, so we're ready and preparing ourselves for a deeper run. But we have to finish games. I mean, there's no excuse of why we shouldn't finish these games. We're we're just getting there. We're understanding that we are good enough to play with anybody, but it's just now we have to finish. We need to go through games now. We've had three starters out in the first three games due to many different issues. So now we're looking at almost having a full team, uh, but we're also looking at you know, making sure that we're able to get in there and not turn the ball over. We're turning the ball over way too much. It's been a problem for us. And like I said, we're looking to play a perfect game, finally come out. But Manchester Essex is a very, very well-talented and coached team. They run that offense, and we talked about it earlier. That pistol wing tee is tough because it's moving in all different directions. So we're yeah. looking forward to it. Like I said, it's a challenge. We knew we want to play better. We're Even though we're sitting at one and two, I know we're a better football team right now than we were week four last year at three and oh yeah and that's and that's interesting to say i mean for you guys hearing that i mean obviously i'm sure you've been hearing this all off season that your schedule is very difficult and that you play some really good teams comparably to the schedule that you played last year sitting at one and two i mentioned is probably not the ideal so anthony i'll throw this to you Talk about how you guys are navigating your squad at this point, because last year was all sunshine and rainbows being three and oh and be winning teams and beating teams. And, you know, whether it was a close game or a blowout, 
winning's winning and everyone's happy when you're winning. But when you're playing tough teams and there's no slouch and your games are all very close, an overtime game, a seven-point game, a four-point game. So you, you, you're you lost two games by 11 points. That's like an average of five and a half points. That's a one-possession game. So how do you keep your squad focused knowing that you maybe aren't exactly where you thought you would be at this point? Usually during practice, Dan, what Coach Danny usually says is, we play the best to be the best. So we would usually find like our best players. We'll put them up against each other on the line. Like our scout players, our scout team is an insane scout team. And they usually keep us to get better so we can try and beat those better teams. And like our line, if a starter, let's say we put someone in for like a backup just to like see how well they can do. That starter on the line goes to the goes to the D line, and they'll pound against them, and they'll just make them better and better. That's why our line can do like so much, and we are able to keep up with the good teams. Now, how I mean, how yeah, oh, depth wise, like line wise, and maybe I can just bounce this to coach or or um, I could bounce this to Sean. But like, how many linemen you think you have in a rotation offensively and maybe defensively, depending your your four four you mentioned. So, how many guys you think you can rotate in? I guess as far as that goes as well. Um. I think we got a solid three or four more guys in the rotation. Just yes, that's see. huge. That's huge. Yeah, we we have a ton of linemen. Our coach, Coach McCormick, is he's a great coach. He's very enthusiastic about having the best line and being the best line, and just trains us really hard and coaches us really well. It's just he he gets sometimes a little over emotional, but yeah. but that's that's necessary when your line isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing and it gets us better. So. Yeah. I mean, it's listen, the O line is a different animal. I've always said that as a coach and, you know, I think a a good old line coach is emotional, is fiery, but also Mm. just has a great bond and relationship with their players. I mean, any old line coach I've ever had on a staff or been on a staff with that aren't great, the number one thing I notice almost immediately is like they don't have a great relationship with that group of kids. Mm. Like I, for some reason, whatever it is with old Lyman, that bond is usually very, very special. So um, no, interesting to hear that. And obviously having that rotation is so important. You mm. guys mentioned and Anthony said it, getting as many of your ones to play on scout on both sides of the ball is the most important thing. If you guys continue that throughout the season, I mean, if you're anything you're going to use your leadership for is continue to push kids to do that because yeah. they are only going to get better because they're going to be seeing the fastest version of what they're seeing in that game situation. And they're not going to see it against a second or third team. It just, it's mm-hmm. not going to happen. So uh, it's great that you guys do that, that you talk about that. And that's pretty noticeable in your program. Um, again, that's only making you guys a lot better as well. So this is your fourth home game in a row, which is like kind of crazy. But then you guys seem to be road warriors the second half of the season. I know a lot of teams that we're covering this year, a few of them anyways, that we're doing road games because it's just the way their schedule is. So we're going to do some road warrior versions of what, what we're doing. But talk about for you guys, this is your last home game. Maybe arguably if you guys get a home playoff game, you could have one. But this might be until Thanksgiving for you. So uh, talk about maybe a little bit of the emotions of that. Uh, as well, but getting the student section here, I mean, getting the school there. I mean, this is kind of a big deal. It's still good weather. Friday's actually supposed to be nice for a change. We have a nice day completely from beginning to end. Um, but talk about just how important this is to you being one of your last home games and really maybe trying to get that student body out there to, to root you guys on. 
And whoever wants to take it, take it. Oh, do we have you, Andrew? Do we got you at all, man? Can't hear us. Ah, bummer. Okay. Well, you look good, dude. You look good. That's what that's what I'll say there. Um right, go ahead, Connor, go for it. I haven't heard from you in a bit, man. You take this one. We'll start it. Um, well, obviously, being at home is a great feeling with the stands and everything uh pumping us up and all the people there, like all normally more people's family comes for home games and like all the students, and it's just a great vibe. But we're we can also be a great team on the road. I mm-hmm. feel like sometimes we play better even on the road than we do at home. So I think that uh, being on the road for these last four games won't be that much of a challenge. That's great to hear. I mean, um, talk about for you or anybody else that wants to jump into this one, what it means like for you to kind of end this home run with a victory. I mean, you guys have had some exciting, thrilling games, but what does it mean for you to end tomorrow or excuse me, end Friday with the victory, knowing that you are on the road and that you might have to win big, win some big road games in order for you to get a better seating or to even at this point, maybe even get in there. Right. I mean, that's the danger of sometimes playing a really tough schedule is that, you know, you could put yourself in a position, but I always say you play a tough schedule in this playoff like system and these point systems, you could be a two win team and still make it because you are playing some really, really good teams that get a lot of points. Mm-hmm. So your coach is very smart for how he's playing this out, by the way, just so you know. Um, but jumping in guys, last game, home game, at least for you. I mean, what does that feel like for somebody else? Oh uh, yeah. Just um, like my parents come every game. I have my grandparents come every couple of games, but just, having all those people come and support you and it's it's really been a bummer these past two weeks to not get that w for them but you know they always have our backs after a game go over to the sideline is just it's just comforting to know that they're there to support you even when you're losing and just it would be it would feel so great to come out with a win on friday to even out our um, record and just give our fans that win that I feel like they deserve after all the support and love that they have given this team of just over the past two years, just we have, we, we have one of the best fan group out there. I would say you guys were blasting when we were there. It was booming. Like, I mean, that crowd mm. was like packed. I mean, people was walking around everywhere. I mean, definitely one of the more, uh, crowded and enthusiastic crowds exactly were around from for early on um so i and i'll throw this maybe coach you can jump into this and then i'll let you guys jump into it but i mean do you guys have the coolest uniforms in high school football i mean i feel like you guys you get the fatigue stuff i mean the baby blue itself i think is like looked real good last year i mean would you guys say you're the best dressed team maybe in the state of massachusetts for football right now or what there's not many things that i will give us full credit to but in terms of uniforms, it's not even close. I mean, it's uh, not. It's not even close, right? <laughs> this year's uniforms are completely encouraged by the Tennessee Halloween blackouts. So the Tennessee with the all black with the orange numbers, we went all black with the baby blue, and it just looks unbelievable. Um, we went with a white helmet, just kind of that classic traditional look, um, just because it matches everything. Because yeah. we do have so many combos that, like, the baby blue helmet didn't always match. So we actually haven't broken out our baby blues yet, but like for last week when we do the military appreciation first responders, then I mean 
that was one of the major things we wanted to do is the theme home games um, and everything like that. So we were able to wear our camo uniforms. So those come out awesome. But we have gray pants that match like our gray uniform that were a little snug, but they looked really good because they have Vikings on them. And it looks good like this week's are, even though it's not October, but since we're not going to be at home, we're going to wear our pink uniform, which is just the other side of that camo. So we'll wear our pink jerseys and it'll look real good too, you know? So we've been able to, We've been able to flip-flop the uniforms. It kind of makes it fun, but we're ready to break out those baby blues. And I'm ready to see them come back in action. Uh, it's like the kids would say, like, you know, hey, we just feel like we have that different energy and that all black. Like, we went black socks only, black under tape. Everything like that was black only. So it gives you, like, just that, it's you know, second-guessing feeling. Yeah, it it's intimidating. I mean, when teams come out looking good and looking the part, I and mean, especially in all black or, like, black with a mix of a color, I mean, that is uh... – that's that's scary. I mean, it's an intimidation factor f- for certain. Um, I mean, for you guys, and I, again, I'll throw this out there. Whoever wants to take this, here's your opportunity to shout out your fan base right here. Tomorrow night's a big night. Uh, last home game, maybe for the year. I mean, if you got to talk to your student section right now, if I'm to throw this all over Instagram, what are you saying to your student section to make sure that they get out there on Friday for this game against Manchester Essex, a top football team in Division Seven that you guys are going to be battling? take it someone just be there be square i mean it's the last home game of the season or or last home game of this stretch and just we want everybody to be there so that we got all the i mean it's gotta be 10 times louder than has been the past two weeks i mean just the the amount of excitement that we can feel from the field while playing is just it's great and just having all our fans support us is is wonderful and it gets that school hype going, like go back to class and they're talking about it. Like that was a great win Friday and it just sets the whole school up for success. And what I love about it is the fact that like your entrance alone, your entrance alone gets the crowd juiced up, right? Like to me, when we go and visit a lot of high school games, like I'm always intrigued about like what the, First 20 minutes before the game, what the last 20 minutes before a game starts, what what it looks like as far as in the stands go, as far as the people coming in, as far as the field, as far as the team. Yeah, you're you guys were different. Arlington was really good too. Arlington, they were going nuts the entire time. Um, but you guys, like I felt like people were in those stands are I think your game got delayed a little bit, if I remember last year. But regardless, it was still unbelievable how many people were in there at the scheduled kickoff time that were in the stands, ready to go, ripping and roaring. You know, I think there was like an accident. The other team's bus got delayed for like an hour or something like that. But we couldn't believe how many people were there. 20 minutes before the game was supposed to start because it was kind of like a packed house and so on. So hopefully we see that kind of electric atmosphere tomorrow. I keep saying tomorrow on Friday. Um, and we kind of and- joke about it, Anthony too. We're like, we always put out in our podcast or like in our, like in our daily feed, when I put out the team schedule to the family, like it's like, 5.35 locker and 5.55 for the most exciting three minutes in high school football. <laughs> Every week we put that in there to make sure that people know, like, it's kind of funny. Like, I have people that come out for the first time to a game and I show them a video and they're like, that's how you guys come out to the game? Like, yeah, like, this is insane. We actually had a father, like, donate the money to pay for this because he's like, we have to keep this going. So, you know, we had someone donate the money to the bagpipe company that, like, the West, shout out the Westford Pipes and Drums because, they come out every week ready to go, and they love it just as much as us. 
they reached out to us like, hey, are we still doing this? I'm like, yeah, we are. Hopefully we'll be seeing them again. But like that is just like now we have like a bond with them. It's the same guys that do it. It, it varies between three or four guys. Sometimes we get a drummer. It just makes it like electric, you know. So you have the whole fence crowded with people taking videos and pictures. And like these guys said, once you hit that corner, you know it's on. Dude, yeah. I mean, that's cool. Those guys getting juiced up for it, too. I mean, that's awesome. Um, One thing that I want to talk about, I'm going to kind of maybe put Coach Embarrassing here a little bit, but I've known your coach for a pretty long time. And, you know, he was someone, even when he was a player, we chatted a lot. I I had him in school. Um, When he started in the coaching world, we we stayed in touch. And, uh, you know, every step of the way, really, for him. And so it's been great to kind of see that. But one thing that I will 100% say last season was no one gave a pregame speech like Danny Kelly. Nobody. Mm. No coach touched it. Um, I'm very curious because I I I watched that like two or three times after recording that, being like, I don't even have to edit this or touch this because I'm thinking like, oh, I'll cut to this part, cut to that part. I didn't have to. I didn't have to like at all. Um, talk about coaches' speeches here because I got a little juiced up. I'll be honest with you listening to that. I think he's great in how he speaks. I mean, his speech is like that all the time, but I just happened to catch him like picture-perfect moment of giving a speech. Uh, coaches' speeches are, are normally pretty good. I mean, we're all in there. We're all sitting waiting, and then – Coach comes in and we're all uptight. We all huddle together and we're ready to listen. And the speech does not disappoint ever. It's it's always good. It always gets us fired up. And after his speech, we all start yelling. We get hyped up and then we start to walk out. I love it. I mean, I think that that speech you gave, I was actually listening to it before this podcast started. It was incredible. I was trying to think of a coach that I thought might have like rivaled it. And I really couldn't like, I really couldn't think of a person that comparably that was like, eh, that was kind of like Danny's like none. Um, so I'm very asking how long I practiced that in the mirror. Do you, are you, are you a (laughs) practice? Like, did you know what you were going to say? Or you just kind of go. My guys always, as soon as we walk out, the first thing they say is how long you been practicing that for? Because I just come right off the rip. I let whoever speak first. I come in and just, I just try to think about it the top of my head, but it, a lot of the stuff we we talk about during the week and it's more just like, they don't get it, but I give them like little hints at the speech like all week of what we're talking about, where we're going, this, that, and the other. And then they know they've heard a million of these. Sometimes the Wednesday speech gets too crazy and it's, it's too hyped up anyways. And we end up sitting there for 10 minutes and I see these guys like, Oh, let's get out of here. So I know on Friday, let me get in there hot and heavy and let's get rocking. But yeah, yeah, we just, I mean, it's just honestly, it's just momentum. We just feel it. You know, everyone, you, you know, being a coach, it's like you just sometimes you go back into that zone. You're just so gassed up. You know, you're ready to go. And the biggest thing about being a coach and you sit in front of everybody and you get that speech is probably my advice to anyone young guys is about to start. And the first time you walk in there, I always think of Jim Valvano when he's like, he wants to he wants to pronounce the Vince Lombardi speech and he messes it up. He calls NC State the Green Bay Packers. And it's like, you know, that's an intimidating moment. But you go in there and just speak from the heart because it's there for them. It's not for you guys anymore for them you have so much love for them you want to see them do so well that anything you can say to help you encourage them is all those things that are built up over time you know it's just all the things built up over the week and over time and camp and those where those memories come in that's where that speech if you speak it from the heart you they know it they can feel it because it's all the stuff that you talk about all the time yeah and i think you're you're totally right i mean some coaches go in and they know what they're going to say but a lot of it is the feel of the week the prep of the week how well you do as a team things that you might notice 
things that might be said in the paper or might not said in the paper that you can use as motivation or whatever it is. So, you know, you, you're right for a week, you kind of gather that up and you figure that out. Um, yeah. I mean, I used to love, like, I feel like I used to, especially not even as a head coach, but as a coordinator, like, I feel like I had a little bit more freedom to say what I wanted to say versus being a head coach a little bit. Cause I wasn't the guy, you know, so you can get your players a little bit more fired up and use a little bit more of choice language or whatever it is to get them going. Right. So, um, you know, and I want to thank you guys for coming on here today. I mean, I covered you guys last year. I followed you pretty hardcore. I posted a lot on Instagram of touchdowns and clips and pancakes and, you know, anything you guys threw at me. And I want you to continue that this year. Obviously you've had a few games, any clips or anything you want me to highlight you guys. Uh, you know, I'm huge fans of this program. I'm excited. Uh, you know, I, I was actually supposed to originally cover you guys, um, but I wasn't able to because I had a wedding. So it was kind of a little bit of a conflict with everything that was going on. Um, but um, we're here and I'm glad that I'm able to cover your last uh, home game. So we're excited for that. And coach, obviously, thank you. I mean, what you do, what you've done everywhere you have gone. Uh, it's been special and it's been remarkable. And I have to say for someone who's known you on a personal level, it's not surprising either uh, at this point to kind of see you continue to succeed uh, wherever you go. And, you know, podcasts like this, having, you know, kids on like you guys uh, that just buy it and eat it and live it and love it uh, and to have coaches on that are just like really invest. I mean, this is why I started what I started and do what I do because there's stories to tell out there. You guys grind and work hard and your coaches put a ton of work into the season and the off season and uh, it's fun to cover. So I, I truly wish you guys the best of luck on Friday. Uh, we'll be there, obviously, in the locker room, walking around with the cameras, uh, you know, just kind of getting that all access for you guys. So uh, we're excited and honored, and, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so from Beyond Podcast, guys, I'm your host, Anthony Petrellas. We have our Neshobatech football team here Friday night against Manchester Essex, one of the better Division 7 teams in the state. I've seen this team play, very disciplined, very good football team. But I know Coach Kelly and I know this team from what I've seen. They'll be ready. They'll be prepared. Uh, and it'll be a fun Friday night game, guys. So uh, next week we have we're we're lined up with a lot of guests. We got some game coverage. Uh, we got some cool guests from the West Coast coming in. So uh, we're pretty active and busy. So we're really excited for our block next week. But go get them, guys. Let's get let's get another one on the win board here, and let's be some road warriors in October. All right. Uh, so from Beyond Podcast, guys, I'm your host Anthony Petrellas. Till next time. For some reason, the stop off there it is. All right, so I'm going to end this right now, and then I'll talk to Coach. I'll talk to you about everything, how we yeah. launch everything and put everything out. All right, but guys, best of luck. And uh, actually, hold on. I got it right here.